dear mate Jennifer Lopez. Um, Summerflex babes. Yes, do you know what? This is very Jennifer Lopez, to be quite honest. Yeah, I can see it in the Bronx. In the, the Bronx? Yeah, in the Bronx. I'm sitting on the stoop <laughs> in your vest. Yeah, in my vest. And it's actually, do you know what? It wasn't that bad. I really? thought it was actually quite good. Oh. Mm. Yeah, Thank bitch. Thank I like you. it. I like it. <laughs> I would say, obviously, I've missed you. Obviously, Uh-oh. obviously. Sounds like you're going to a disclaimer. No, no. I was going to say, but I saw you in the flesh, live and direct last week. Because what were we doing, Sarita? What were we doing? <laughs> you little sneaks. You little sneaks. <laughs> me talking about my birthday and people like, so what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. Danny's surprising me with something. Probably dinner. Lo and behold, who do I see coming in? Surprise! 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 So yeah, surprises. you got me. You got me. You got me. I was not yeah. expecting it. And it was my actual second ever birthday party ever in my whole entire 40 years second of being ever. on this oh planet. Gosh. Yes, I don't. Um, I don't do birthday parties because I'm always like, no one's gonna turn up. Why is everyone turning up for me? Um, and I had one birthday party when I was a kid, so two. two. That's so cute. That is so cute. But yeah, um, thank you. It was lovely to see you on my birthday. <laughs> it was lovely to be there, even though it was a treacherous oh, journey from the train station to the venue. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I, I was supposed to be with my other half, um, and stuff happened. So he couldn't come. So just for the benefit of the, the listeners, I had to walk from what station was it? Ken, Ken, High Street, Kensington or South Kensington or something like down some deserted streets of West London, which is not my main choice of area to frequent. And, um, like, some North London girl. And it mm. was, like, super scary. <laughs> Wait, why are you trying to act like um, I had a birthday party in the ghetto? <laughs> one, South Kensington, very bougie. It was a no, bougie no, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all. It was incredibly bougie. Um, it, it was, like, super bougie. Um, <laughs> but I think I was, like, the streets were just deserted. I, there were people, obviously, outside pubs and stuff. There were people mm. there, but then as I was walking along these magnolia-lined, beautiful streets from the train houses. station, and yeah, all these amazing townhouses, and trying to do shortcuts so I could get there as quick as possible because obviously I was running late. <laughs> I was just looking over my shoulder a little bit, as like, who's following me? But nobody was following me because it obviously it was super safe, and I got there oh, fine. But you did, um, you did. it was a little bit scary. Oh, I'm sorry. There ended my story. To do it in um, Essex next time. In my house. Then you would have trouble. Uh, no, but you live in a in a, a nice part. True, and I guess you would drive, so it's fine. 
Exactly. All right. Exactly. Next year, forty-one. Party. <laughs> birthday number. Birthday party number three. <laughs> well, start as you mean to go on. So now I'm going to have Indeed. to party every single year. And why not? A surprise party every single year. <laughs> I organise. <laughs> surprise. Oh, oh, I wasn't expecting. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, hey, that's a good idea. How are you, girl? How's your week been? What yeah, you been doing? Been, oh, I've been enjoying the sunshine yeah. here in London. It's been incredible. It's like it. summer almost. Mm. It's oh my gosh! So I took um, a friend of mine who also works from home. Just um, sent me a message and was like, "Yeah, let's do a walk. Let's go for a walk." And I did it. We went for a walk in the sun. Like, hello. It, getting, getting that vitamin D. Oh, it was incredible. So incredible. Just, I like, this is what I've been missing. Just, um, you know, feeling that heat, getting a bit of fresh air, actually taking a physical lunch break. I'm all for that going forward. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I've been mostly enjoying the sunshine and um, it's been putting a smile on my face. I've been letting my kids get away with murder because the sun's shining. You know, you're a little bit more tolerant of things. A little bit sun shining. Yeah. I'm like, Hubs and I haven't had as many arguments. Uh, we keep going to say romance. zero. But, well, yeah, ish. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's I've just been walking around with a smile on my face because this um, sun is here and it helps me forget about all the crazy stuff that's going on in the world at the moment. This is what we Just need in London. In Sorry, I say London as in it's the whole of the UK. But this is what <laughs> yeah. we need in the UK. We need sunshine. And um, we do. And light. And yes. vitamin C. And yes. then just imagine how happy we would be. Thank kind you. of like how it would be in Jamaica. I don't know why that was a Jamaican dance. I, I, <laughs> Jennifer Lopez, can you stop doing Jamaican dances? <laughs> Channeling the wrong place. But have yeah. you seen? Have you seen? <laughs> Gulp. All the controversy yeah. in Jamaica yeah. with Wills and Kate. Um. <laughs> Visiting, I don't really understand because I was like, Jamaica's not. Aren't they independent? I thought they were independent. Why is why why they gotta go there? What they gotta go there for? Well, they're still part of the Commonwealth, right? So the Queen is still their head of state. I don't really get that. How do you be independent? What's the independence bit? And then they're doing things on their own, not getting money, but the Queen is still queening. I know. I'm very aware. That Jamaica mm-hmm. was became independent fifty odd sixty years ago. I don't know something mm-hmm. like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I still don't understand what it means. Like why Kate and Will's have to keep going and visiting. So I'm kind of like you. I mm. I don't know enough about the history as to why. No. A cursory Google search could probably help us out a yeah. lot right now. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't understand. All I do understand is that despite the amount of sun these lot have in Jamaica, it's still not making them happy to see Wills <laughs> and Kate arriving. Well, they're just, they're arriving with the grayness. And I'm like, do you know what? Don't you go taking your grayness <laughs> to a place of wonderful richly melanated colour and family. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they've received quite a lot of harsh um, uh, 
um, harshness um, mm. with. I'm not. There's been images of um, Kate <gasps> shaking hands fence, through a that fence. fence. Oh my gosh! However, chain fence. <laughs> disclaimer. Yeah, apparently yeah, yeah. the venue is in a sports stadium or something, so it has a fence, and people okay. are like. But the way you've angled the pictures makes it look yeah. worse. I'm like, yeah, but. Just bring everyone in anyway, right? Just bring everyone in. You don't really yeah. You don't need to be yeah. shaking hands through the fence. And some people <laughs> are like, you know, kids are take, having to take the day off school and get clothes to look presentable. And then mm. they're just putting their hand through the gate and not even going to meet them or anything like that. Wow. Like, wow. Man, stop embarrassing yourself and just stay home. And if you're oh. going to go to Jamaica, just go on holiday and pay. And, exactly. You know, like do some touristy this. things to boost their economy and stuff like that. Don't be upsetting the locals. As anyone should not go upsetting locals when they go to a different country. That's this like is very true. Common sense. It's basic 101. Mm. But I also do think that they were set up. It was a setup because that, that photo. Infiltration. Of... <laughs> that picture of Kate with her adoring fans at the chainmail fence. <laughs> that that didn't need to be taken from that angle. Uh, the yeah. angle did make it look like she was in Guantanamo Bay. It, <laughs> did, it it was like not done in the best way it could have been done. So I, no. I think there was someone who was who took that picture and was like, "I'm going to get these guys." But mm -hmm. there was no getting around the other picture. Now, have you seen the other picture of them in the jeep? In their um, oh. standing in the jeep, being driven in his white military gear, and her and the her one dress. that the queen was driven in hey. however many years ago. Like, hey. come on, guys, hey. do better. Who is their PR? They need to help. I'm telling you, it's sabotage. They've got well, someone inside who is trying to just bring about their downfall. The thing is, if they hmm. had a bit more common sense and are hmm. a bit more down with the folk who live in the real world, then mm. they would know that appearances is everything and it's not a good look, Kate's and Wills. It's not a good mm. look. It's not a good look at all. It's um, not. But, oh well. Yeah. You live and you learn and maybe one day they'll um, put some respect on these <laughs> oh, Caribbean islands and um, African Thank countries you. and Thank just, you, you know... Pay it down, man. Go and humble yourself and go and visit these places. Not just do this whole stupid um, traditional nonsense, colonial, we we are owning you and bow down to us kind of oh. rubbish. Yeah. And give a wholehearted apology because this, whatever he gave was not a wholehearted apology for it wasn't, the it wasn't. wrongs of colonialism. His ancestors. Mm. Like what? Great grandparents, grandparents? <laughs> it wasn't even that far back. <laughs> mm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah, so forget about them. Mm -hmm. But what we do need to talk about are some regal high society folks that we can get behind. Mm -hmm. Bridgerton, Bridgerton. <gasps> oh. By the time this comes out, episode one will have aired, and we will have been watching it. Uh, uh, uh. Yes, yes. I'm actually looking forward to it. I want to see some black royalty. Listen, and this time round, they've got South Asians in the mix as well. They've got yes. the two new characters, um, Kate and Edwina Sharma, even got South Asian surname, like um, Hindu surname. 
and a dark-skinned Asian actors <gasps> as well. Amazing. I'm, I'm loving, loving the it. diversity, not um, the um, usual um, shadism type things that we usually get exactly. thrown into for the, into the exactly. mix just for token gestures. But <laughs> I love it. I love exact it. Exact Monday. So speaking of which, I came across an article, um, which is a bit of fun. I'm not going to lie, it's a bit of fun. But mm-hmm. if you can compare your star sign to Bridgerton characters. Ooh. I know, I know. And I thought it'd be fun if um, we did it. Okay. So, um, what's your name where you come from? What's your star sign? What's your star sign, babe? <laughs> Aries. 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 Okay, so let me have a look. Who am I? Aries, Who am I? Aries. Right, Aries. Oh, you um, could be Anthony Bridgerton. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was all right. He was. All... Oh wait, mm, he was a bit naughty in the program, wasn't he? he yeah, he was a bit naughty. Um, just, just. A he's also the star naughty. of season two, so we're going to be able to see his character arc. Like, uh, he uh, might be a little uh. So, Anthony, for those of you who haven't watched, Anthony is the oldest sibling of the Bridgerton clan, who are, like, the main family in Bridgerton. Um, And, um, yeah, what does it say on it? It says, um, Anthony is the oldest sibling of the Bridgerton clan, which means he can act bossy all the time. Um, Is um, a relatable sentiment that describes every ram. So, that's Aries. so the astrolo- astrologist, astronomist, the person that does star science, um, <laughs> Anthony needs to control the lives of his family and own backfires swiftly because he learns not to go to battle with those he cares about and let them make their own decisions, whether they're good or bad. Mm-hmm. See, let mm-hmm. people live their lives and learn their own life lessons. See. Okay. Mm. This sound like you? <laughs> Yeah, so I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like yeah. to be in control. Um, I do like to support the people around me to make the right decisions. You could put it that way. Yeah. Okay. But I maybe I could take a little bit of a step back, a la okay. Anthony Bridgerton. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, who are you? Or are we done with Anthony and, and Aries? Or can we move on, please? Yeah, we can move on. Um, so me, um, as you should know, because you were at my party last week. Yes, I um, know. Pisces. Pisces. Yeah, yeah. I could be... Ah, Def, Def, Daphne. How do you Bridgerton? get to be Daphne and I get Anthony? Because I'm this? sweet and whimsical and a dreamer of true love and all those things. Um, so it says... Oh, see? Being a true believer in love and happy ever afters, Daphne won't settle for anything less than the ideal when it comes to romance. Aww. Aww. I know, right? I should have like cartoon birds flying around my head. Butterflies, yeah. <laughs> um, Lisa Stardust, that's an amazing name, says, like most Pisces, she has an open heart and is looking for an intense partnership that transcends time oh i like that one i'm gonna take that one i'm gonna run with that one yeah that's um that's way nicer than mine but it was your birthday so we'll let you (laughs) well i thought it was fun and i'm definitely gonna be watching um bridgerton because i love the first season it was so scandalous it was hot 
said hi. That was very J-Lo. Hi. I know. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we don't have the Duke this time around, do we? He's gone. Uh, um, no. But that's, that's, that's okay. That's okay. He might. Could one in, one like out. In the crowd. Oh, do you know what? That reminds me of The Walking Dead. I used to get so mad about that when what? they killed off one black character. <laughs> because... You, you would know where they were going because they would introduce a black character and you're like, man, you're going to kill off one of us again. <laughs> Lo and behold, they killed off Chris. Sorry, no yeah. spoilers, but you should have watched it. But I was mad when they killed Chris. Everybody hates Chris, had to die. For what? Just because you introduced another black character? I think not. I think not. I protest. <laughs> I protest. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, um, Anyway, today on the show, we have another guest. (gasps) Yay! Yes. Who have we got? Who have we got? We have Katty Jenner. And Katty Jenner, um, I'm going to get the pronunciation right. I'm going to ask when she comes on. Um, Is the founder of The Realness in Business, which supports creative entrepreneurs to be as proficient in running their business as they are in honing their craft. Mm. Fancy pants. Sounds good. But yeah, should we let her in? Let's do it. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How is you? All right, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Very well, good. Well, I'm good. I'm good. I was just saying I'm channeling Jennifer Lopez um today. <laughs> Jennifer yeah. Black. Yeah. Make it work. Make it work. Make it work. <laughs> oh, we're all gonna get Doing so much trouble for these. Accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Let's just let that go. Let's let, let that go. But I did just introduce you to our lovely audience um just a second ago, um, saying that you are a business coach who supports creative entrepreneurs as a multifaceted creative. You have experience in the crafts, fashion, and retail to create business courses and workshops for creatives who recognize that they need to get real about business the business side of things and are going to have success on their own terms amazing thank you Simply amazing. that's the idea that's the goal yes Incredible. just comes from the, the uh, thing of just fed up of being broke uh, well <laughs> well <laughs> i was gonna say love don't cost a thing but um listen you're not letting this j-lo theme go wow material goods do <laughs> but you know it's not even about material things sometimes most times most times it's just like you know what i don't want to have to worry about bills this month yeah of the course. gift of that is actually oh i can actually afford to take a day off and not uh, think, oh, what have I got to do? What what have I got to do? I think people yes. think it's a we want to earn money because we want to like. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I like through Louis Vuitton. If I had the opportunity <laughs> to go and get something, I would. But that ain't the goal. Is like you know, I want to be able to do things whenever I like. I want to take myself off for a weekend. I can. I can spend a day walking around the park and not worry about all the work I've got to do. I can. Right. And not like you know, you can choose your obligations, and when you're and unfortunately, we're in an environment where the our finances end up driving a lot of our decision making, which mm. isn't fair to a lot of us. And you know, and especially creatives, we get a bit like, "Oh no, we shouldn't really charge." It's like, mm-hmm. how much did you spend on that course to learn that craft, and you don't want to, you don't want to charge. Right. Like, mm-hmm. but going back to your um, point about. Um, 
if you want to take a day off um, and actually afford to still pay your bills. It's funny, as entrepreneurs, do people actually book holidays? Do you have time off? Because, again, if you don't work, you may not have the money as an entrepreneur or as a freelancer. It's like you don't get holiday pay or anything like that. So you got to be making the money to be able to kind of, you know, be able to do those things. Exactly, exactly. So it's, you know, it's it's one of the things I sort of talk about in the, my, like, pricing workshops. It's like, well, you know, you don't know what life is around the corner. Like I did a, a workshop with um, a craft festival. They have a, like, find-a-maker uh, membership scheme. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'd mentioned was, like, about, well, you know, how often do you actually want to work? And, you know, you because you are working for yourself – you haven't got any necessarily a massive cushion to fall back on unless, you know, you've been born with a silver spoon in your mouth. Mm. What if something comes up? What if you're having a baby? What if, um, you know, unfortunately you get ill and you're going to have to take longer time off than you expected? And one of the participants was like, actually, I have to actually go in for an operation and I have to be off for 12 weeks. (gasps) And I am thinking about what am I going to do? So it's like, you know, if you only want to work, say, I don't know, 36 weeks of the year, then what do you need to earn in those 36 weeks so that you can have those 12 weeks off? Mm. It might be you want to make sure that some holidays I could be there present for my children. Christmas, That's it might true. be, I don't know, you want to go off and see the family in, in the Caribbean or Africa for a month and get out of the flipping winter. Do you know what I mean? It's like if we want those things will help your quality of life, how does your business have to run for you in order to make that happen? Because it's the business is for you, not for the business to run you. It's so true. And we, since we're on the subject, we might as well continue with it. But I, um, I was, and I am very, very conscious because I was working for myself for a bit. So I was employed, and then I went to self-employed, and now I'm back employed again. But while I was employed. I was constantly questioning myself around, am I able to charge this much for the service that I'm providing? Because I was doubting my ability. I was comparing myself to other people and like, oh, like they surely they've got more years experience in this. So people are going to be paying for that. And how can I add the value that they're going to add? And just doubting, doubting, doubting myself all the time. And I think that is something that there, there are gender differences, and as women, we've been taught that our specialisms maybe lie in other areas than where we've chosen to focus our attention. So there's there's that as well. But your the price has to be right. Course is as you say, all about making sure that we price ourselves appropriately and in accordance with the life that we want to have. So can you tell us a little bit more about why for you this was something that you really wanted to address and why you wanted to make sure that everyone else was able to learn from what it is that you've been through? When I, cause when I started up um, by millinery business, that we're talking yeah, two, yeah, 2002, and I was like, okay, um, I find a good de- business course. And so I know what I've got to do. I was very like, I've got to do this and then I've got to do that and then I've got to do that. And the sort of 
language, if you like, around creators at that time was like, you've got to start small. You've got to start humble. And then as you grow, or you get the press, then you can start saying, charging this, that and the other. And it wasn't about, you, you weren't necessarily made to think about what you needed to cover. It was like, what are you going to be able to make because you're so small, as opposed to mm. you need to start, and then it was like cash flow, cash flow. How are you going to man- manage your cash flow? And it was like, well, part of that is making sure I manage my costs. But that didn't really come up. It was more about the business costs. And, you you know, you're like, you've got to try and make a name for yourself. And I remember first um, like bespoke order, if you like, it was for um, a lady who, a uh, church hat. And um, I completely undercharged. I think I maybe covered my fabric costs. Anyway, made the hat. I get to the house. Now, I make good hats. I learned that. I learned to make hats from the Queen Mother's Milliner. I know how to stitch, right? I stitch. People think I've glued that stuff on. I can, <laughs> I can stitch. You don't see my stitches. When I was on it, I was on it, right? Ooh. So I've made this really good hat. I get there, the husband comes in and he's looking and he went, you paid how much for that? And laughs. Uh, what, in a good way or bad way or what? Or like, but you, you made, good you know, in a No, in a bad way. <laughs> you paid for and I thought... In front of your face? In front of my face. And I thought, oh no, I'm in your house. But no, I gave him my look. My look that said, this may be your house, but bitch, you better leave. And he did. And I thought, after that, I thought, no, 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 no. I cannot, I let that happen by not pricing myself correctly. Mm. And that was, the, that was the third time I'd actually done it to myself. And at that point, I thought, no, no, no. To the point where someone laughs, it's like, for some, whatever reason, he didn't appreciate the work that had gone, in, gone into that hat. The woman came back to me again wanting a hat. And by then it was like, oh, no, my prices have gone up. Good. And then she's like, no, no, you know, we, we can talk and maybe we can do a, because I've got other ladies in the church, so maybe mm. we can do a little deal. And I was like, no, because the price is the price. I didn't even follow it up. I thought, you 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 don't want to pay. I understand. I almost trained you to take that shitty price I did before. Mm. I'll just take the hit. I'd rather do that than make the hat and a loss. If I'm not doing that to myself again, I'm not doing that to myself again. If I can be a student and still charge nearly £200 for a hat, for someone in business, by then, I can, I can, I can charge more because I've worked for it, you know? And that's the messaging I wanted to get out to other people that join my workshops or sign up to a course. Because it's like, that's time, that's energy. It's, you know, you're taking away time from maybe spending with your loved ones. There, there is a cost with that. So you, it needs to be worthwhile for you. Then it's like, okay, this was all worth it. And then you can take that, circulate that back round to your family, to your friends, to other businesses that you want to support. I hate it. I, all my mm. friends doing really well and I'd love to be able to buy their stuff. And it's like, I couldn't do it. Yeah. It's mm. funny. It's like there's almost a bit of, well, for me anyway, a tiny, teeny, tiny bit of guilt for receiving money for something that I enjoy. And I'm like, but um, have you been conditioned to just hate every single job? (laughs) I mean, if you enjoy something and you're good at it, like my content creation days, it's just like, uh, can you make me something? Um, I've got no budget, though. And it's like, but 
it's my work. So I know I'm enjoying it, but I'm actually taking the time. It's my resources. I've paid for courses to go on. I've paid for the software on my computer. I could be doing something else. And yeah, you have to just be honest and get your money. Exactly. Exactly. And they, and I, I think a lot of these companies, if you like, forget that achieving, getting someone to enjoy, to have joy from what you do and to the point where they desire what it is you're promoting for them is a valuable asset. Mm. I mean, all right, yeah, maybe they feel like they can't monetize, they can't calculate, you know, how much money that came in from that one post. But who knows? Someone's locked that in. There's stuff I remembered about, I don't drink alcohol, but I remember the um, the most, the wines thing that you did, a collaboration oh. you did a little while ago. Most wanted. That's it, most wanted. I knew it was M something. I couldn't remember brain fog again. Right. You know, but I remember that and it was like, that was funny as fuck. Now I don't drink. <laughs> but I remember it was like, oh that's funny. Maybe yeah. that's something for my husband because he likes some wine, you know. Okay, and maybe it won't buy straight away. I'm someone I can lurk for years and then I'll buy something. I'm quite happy to take my time. Yeah, I see you. Yeah, I'll watch you. See you soon. <laughs> that's true the return and that's the thing with marketing and stuff the return doesn't have to be instant it's like planting the seed even if it is like subconsciously or whatever but it's like that will stay with you inside until you need it and you're like thank oh, you yeah that's the person so yeah yeah i like that i like that shout out to most wanted i do love them. <laughs> they're a good friend they're all right you're not gonna get sued or nothing right <laughs> but can we take it back 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 and start somewhere near the beginning because you are west african sister so your roots are in the gambia and shout out to the gambia because i know so many people like this gambia side note gambia is one of those places where I didn't really know a lot about it when I was younger. And then when I got to about 20, early 20s, suddenly people were taking themselves off to the Gambia. And, oh, my God, it's so amazing. It's like this undiscovered beauty. And it became hotspot. And now it's hot, 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 right? It's it's up there. It's like Ghana, Gambia, Nigeria. But anyway, so... Um, yeah, shout out West Africa. But you've obviously you're the child of um, Gambian immigrants into this country, and I know what West African parents are like, what those ones who came over are like, and the fact that they want you to study, get your qualification, get yourself a good job, be stable, secure, all of that kind of stuff. And then here's Catty, creative Catty, who is deciding that she wants to do all of this wacky and it's not wacky but it could be perceived as like wacky like left field stuff how did that go down like I just want to understand what the process was and how you managed to get to the point where you were charging 200 pounds for a hat while you were studying (laughs) well uh yeah well you probably know the the was it maybe four or five certain jobs that <laughs> any parent's going to be. So it's going to be either doctor, mm-hmm. lawyer, mm-hmm. I think it's engineer. Uh, what was it? And then uh, then computers started coming about. So there was a lot of thing about databases, even though it was like what just entering stuff on the computer. Anyway, so 
I was to be the doctor. My sister, because it was just me and her at the time, was to be the solicitor. Okay. But I decided to pretend that I hated the sight of blood, so that kiboshed that. <laughs> and then uh, we, yes, we had the careers talk probably a bit too young, but she was like, you need to think about these things because, you know, you have the talk. You have to work twice as hard for half as little. I really hope parents have stopped saying that shit because it's fake as fuck. Anyway, mm-hmm. so she was like, what are you going to do with yourself? And I was like, oh, I don't want to be either of those. And so I was saying, oh, and I oh, Oh, I'll be a secretary because they're always needing. She was like, no daughter of mine's going to be a... What? And then having late nights on the couch working with the... You ain't doing that kind of thing. And I thought, okay. Because <laughs> 9 to 5 had just come out, that film with Dolly Parton. So I think that's when oh. she was just like, oh, hell no, kind of thing. And then I thought, oh, well, I, I like I like drawing. So I was like, I'm really good at art. I'll be an artist. She went, they, they don't make any money until they're dead. Okay, next one. And I thought, author. And then she was like, how many books by black people have you seen published? Then I said TV percent. And then she just looked at me like, girl. <laughs> because then it was only four TV channels and it was literally Trevor McDonald with the news at 10, <laughs> Lenny Henry and Moira Stewart on the news. Those were the only black people. Did I see any Indian or even Asian people? So I guess she had a point. And then um, I saw um, a fashion competition. It was a um, Barclays Bank, actually. I remember because I was a bit shocked at how far I'd gone. And you had to design a, um outfit for a celebrity. So I Ooh. chose Grace Jones because A View to a Kill had come out and everyone was going, oh, Grace, like, wow, and all this. So I designed an outfit and I got to the regional finals of this kids' competition. Which is for the south of, yeah, don't. My school was like, look at one of our students. <laughs> what, a primary school? Like, you're paying. They, but they, they milked it. I was like, I'd already, I'm already in secondary school. What are you talking about? I'm gone. Oh, the primary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this is how young my mum had this conversation with me. I hadn't got to secondary school yet. And so, um, and so, anyway, I did really well on this. And she was like, oh. And we were like, oh. And I was like, I think I want to be a fashion designer. And she was like, hey, mm. hey. Okay, creative, people need clothes. You can make money by selling these clothes. Okay, I will find out what you need to do. And oh, then that wow. was it. Yeah. Wow. So um, I think if I hadn't, if it hadn't had a monetary value, mm. she would have kiboshed it. Like my sister wanted to be a dancer and she was having none of it. Uh. She got into a college and she kiboshed it. Wouldn't sign the papers, wouldn't sign the grant papers and kiboshed it. She was having oh, none wow. of it. Even though my sister had quite a solid plan as to how she was, you know, she wanted to see if she could get into the West End in dancing and eventually do a PGCE and maybe start teaching it, maybe open her own school. Wow. She had, but my mum was just, she saw what, um, I don't know about in your cultures, but like in, in Gambia when it's, um, someone has a christening or a wedding, then people come dance, you know, to entertain mm. and then mm-hmm. art bring the hat round for money mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I think that's what she had in her brain right. as opposed to sit down with your draw and think, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. She just saw that and just thought, no. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I lucked out. So, so yes, mm-hmm. that's that's how it, it got the approval. Wow. <laughs> well, at least you got the support in the end. Yes. In the, in the end. Yes. In the end. Yeah. 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 
Kathy Jenner is the founder of The Realness in Business, which supports creative entrepreneurs to be as proficient in running their business as they are in honing their craft. Kathy is a business coach who supports creative entrepreneurs. As a multifaceted creative, she has used her experience in crafts, fashion, and retail to create business courses and workshops for creatives who recognize that they need to get real about the business side of things if they're going to have success on their terms. Kathy has helped many to transition into the career of their dreams and generate income to work to live, not the other way around. We welcome Kathy on today's episode of Women Who Rebrand. Majority of the time, I think probably 90% of the time when I see you, you've got the head wrap on. Is that a nod to those fashion days or the hat making or like how did this signature look come about? Well, to be honest, it's a bit of a lazy thing <laughs> while I, because of my, my hair. I haven't always had the greatest relationship with my hair. There was quite a, I think I was about... Or a father. The tradition is my family, I'm Muslim family, and well, the idea is when you're born and you're christened, your, your head is shaved. Mm-hmm. There was complications when I was born, so that never happened to me. Mm-hmm. So got to about four or five, and, you know, you get the aunts coming over, and, <laughs> and it was like, she hasn't had her hair done. She's got to be done. But I was five by then. I was like, but I've got hair. They want, to take, they want to take away my hair? No, no, no. Um... I hid. I managed to hide. We were in a... Uh, Georgian like townhouse it was at the Gambian Embassy we used to go and hang out because we knew people there I hid in this house I managed to hide for two hours to avoid them <laughs> cutting my hair it's like okay we've got to find a new location and move to another part of the house I was like they are not touching my hair but they found me and shaved it all oh, off no. I was just like Ugh. so I've always had a thing about covering my head whether it, my hair's plait or um, put extensions in I always had my hair wrapped when I had my hat business, I was always wearing a hat. But then, funnily enough, when I closed the studio down, I haven't worn a hat since. I've just stuck to oh. head wraps. I've, I've kept my hats. I haven't got rid of them. Mm. But for some reason, I, I felt a bit of a way about them. Even now, I'm actually looking at some of the blocks I've kept. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'll do it at some point. But I like, I think, um, I don't know if it's like reclaiming my roots back in a way because mm. I thought, School could be a bit traumatic, so anything to kind of that remotely seemed African, mm. I was just like, mm. for a very long time, just like, I already have the difference. Let me mm. not add more to it because it was just so stressful and negative for me. But then it's like, fucking am I love it. The colours, I love my colour yeah. now. So it's, it's, I like wearing it like. Every day I just have something on now. I do I do enjoy it. It's not like to hide myself, but part of it is like lazy, like I don't know. I mean, I've got the plats to take out. They're still only if I take this off. Hey. So, <laughs> part part lazy, but part, you know, an excuse to wear some good colour. So uh, yeah. It looks good on you. Thank yes, you. It does. I do love a good um I do love a good head wrap. But um, for me, it's, it's sometimes it's about colour. But yeah, sometimes it's just to hide the mess underneath because I'm like, I can't. You're messy. What is messy? Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> I feel you. You had your hat business or millinery? Is that right? Is it millin- yeah. millinery business? Yeah. Um. So you were you were doing your fashion thing. You were creating hats. Successful business. Um. And then you closed it down. So what was what was that about? And what 
made you transition from running your own business, doing, producing a product to then running your own business, but delivering a service, supporting other people to produce a product or deliver a service? Well, with the millinery business, it didn't get to the stage where I could go to it completely full time. But I managed to at least keep it going. I was doing it for about 15 years. So I might, I, I found what I thought was a happy balance. Um, but then I guess 2013 um, had a breakdown, basically. Um, mm. Things weren't going very well and got very, very um, low. Uh, to the point where I was like, I've got to do get some help because I was going to do something a bit stupid. And um, so I did reach out and do that. And uh, I went to kind of start things again because I thought, oh, maybe hats it. And then I thought, I think I'm doing this now because I kept saying that this was what I was going to do. This is what I want. But then it got to a point where I was like, I don't, it's done. It's like mm-hmm. I've learned so many other skills and things. This isn't what, when I think and thought about my future head, it didn't include the hats. And I thought, well, it got to a point where I felt like I was flogging a dead horse. And so I thought, let me let this go now. I know I'm going to have my own business again doing something because there's no way of having all that time, having some your own autonomy on so much of your life to go back and can then completely let it go. I knew I'd be... Um, I have something again. I just didn't know what. And I thought, let me just take a break. So in my mind, I thought, a good two years. I'm going to do things that I wanted to do, like, you know, get on an airplane because I hadn't travelled anywhere for about 10 years. Wow. If I took time off, it was to do an exhibition. It wasn't like to, oh, let me rest, you know. It's like, I'll rest later, that kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it took about six months. from closing and I had the idea for the realness in business and I thought well I don't it's my clock if I want to do it now rather than two years let me do it start working on it now so I started plotting on ideas because people were still asking me advice about business and I thought what even though I closed it even by the end it wasn't doing as well as I should have liked but you still want to know and someone was like well it's not about your results it's your journey, and that's what people responded to. How you've uh, people, how you responded to your own journey, and what you got out of it, and the things you've done. That's what people were asking you about, not how much profit. No one's ever asked me about my money. So, and I thought, okay, let me let me do this. This is something I know. I want to use it, so let me work on it. I took my time, but yeah. That's, that's how it kind of started. I love that. I love that. And it's so interesting because exactly what you've said um, about uh, you, you, you if, as far as you were concerned, your business wasn't doing as great as you had thought or ho- hoped it would be doing at that point. But that's not what people see. You have that information. Other people don't have that information. So as far as they're concerned, you've done, you've chased your dreams and you've You've made it. You're earning money by doing something that you love and you're doing it really well. And that's what they see. That's what they want a piece of. And I think we're often, we think people observing us have all of the information that we have in our minds. Mm -hmm. We, We just, we always seem to think that, but they don't, they don't. They know maybe 20% of what we're going through, what we're dealing with. 
And the more we start to realise that we have our own different perspectives, you you obviously, you look in the mirror, you see yourself, you're living it. Your partner could be living in the same house as you, but they've got a different perspective on on what you're doing as well. And your that proximity is so close, but still the difference in, in what you're seeing can be massive. So, yeah, I just feel we more and more just need to let go of the fact that we think we know what's in other people's heads because we just don't. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. But also, definitely. when a business ceases to exist or stop, it doesn't equate to failure. It doesn't mean at all. It went, you went bankrupt and everything was rubbish and la la la. It just means that that journey came to an end and you just decided to move on to the next journey, get on the yeah. next train. Yeah. It's my clock. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It, see, it was right for that time of um, the period of your life. Now, past is new, what's next? Within your business, you have started to create social events such as afternoon tea, where you bring women together to socialize and talk about their business. Um, It's kind of like networking with a twist. Well, I guess when I started out, it did actually fill me with dread. I hated it. Believe it or not, I don't like talking to people. Um... (laughs) Do you know, I, I actually believe you. I believe you. You know why? I found this quote and I thought it summed it up. I think I did post it in my griddles a little while ago Ooh, that it? about how it was like someone is um, introverted yet extroverted and it's only when they're around people that bring them peace that yes. they become extroverted. Yep. And when I read that, because I was like, yes. but I am, I like, I haven't laughed. But there's times where it's just like, mm, you won't know I'm there or you think I've got the ump because I'm just... Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, or shy, it's because duck up, high yeah, fives. Like, I want to no. high five you so much. He's like, until I feel safe in this environment, you yeah. ain't hearing a peep out of me because I need to feel secure. So I, I totally believe you when you say that. And I yeah. think people think, no, no, you just got to do this a bit more. And it's like, no, no, no. Until I feel comfortable around you, you're not getting any of me. You're not getting my right. energy. Right? Why am I sharing my energy with people I don't know? Um, what will do with my energy? Hmm. Mm-hmm. so as a self-confessed introvert how can people with shyness or introvertedness nessnessness um <laughs> come to one of your events what should they do do you have any sort of tips obviously it's like the whole okay let's suss each other out first that kind of warming up to people but how would you give someone advice about how to just network bitch just network <laughs> I mean, I have to, to be honest, I do find it very difficult and I can't say that I found my way of doing it yet. I mean, afternoon tea, I invited every, every single person I invite, I, it's someone I, I extended an invitation to. I didn't advertise it, I didn't promote it. because I thought, well, it's I've made all these connections online and a lot of them, most of them, I haven't met in person and that's all that I wanted to achieve. And I thought, because of all the circles we're kind of in, it, it sort of organically is uh, is filled with people that are on the same page. So I thought if we come all coming together, it's going to be fine because there's not necessarily someone outside of it that's going to um, disrupt that or make it uncomfortable. And then from that and how the response to people when we all like posted our pictures and I thought, well, 
that's telling me that potentially there's other people that are connecting to all our different feeds and would probably like to have that same experience again. And so that's what I thought. I think curating these kind of events and in environments that will have these lovely conversations from people will can can be a good thing because even though, yes, I'm the old school of you could do it yourself, strong black woman, lie, lie. But, you know, that was the rhetoric we got taught. And it's like, actually, I do need people. I just have to be select. I'm just selective of who those people are. I have to be because of the way the, uh, well, all of us have to be because of the environments that we are forced to exist in. So these events are all about creating nice, warm ones where everyone can come and just be. If you are doing the work, you get it um, and have, you know, you're open to meeting new people, you're welcome. If If you can't do that, please don't buy a ticket because I will tell you about yourself. loving that so I'm definitely like one for um surrounding myself with good people positive vibes because it does make a difference it absolutely does and even to the point of you know some people might have friends that you're like oh I have to worry about inviting her to that and oh just take her a pinch of soul and then you know you have to apologize or even say something on their behalf that's like come on how many red flags do you need to not have that energy around you because it does play a toll on you you need to have like-minded people and have people that kind of understand your I guess work ethic um Mm. and understand you because it's those type of people that will lift you and I think that's when you definitely um have more potential or um you're just more likely to succeed I personally think. Well, I, I think so too. Um, and that's, I mean, we used to do little events and things before, you know, like at college, you know, school council, whatnot, being, like, getting events together, raise money, whatnot. So it was always something I'd kind of done. But it was, it it got to a point where people were like, well, oh, Katie will do it. Katie will do it. And it was never reciprocated. And it was like, oh, oh but I'm supposed to use all my energy and oh, because I'm so good at it, but, and then what about me afterwards? Mm. So I stopped. Like, you know, if it's like any get-togethers with friends, I'd organise it, find the restaurant, da-da-da-da-da. Okay, this is where we're going to be, let's go. And and then the last couple of times I did that, some people just like, were like, no show, or just um, sent me a text saying, I'm oh, sorry, I can't make it. And I thought, oh, wow. Do you, you don't see how much you've just disrespected me, do you? I'm mm. like, okay. <laughs> and just, I thought, no. And, come right off and even now I could say probably say I've only got a handful of friends because I thought I need to preserve my energy mm, and so true. these events hopefully it's I, I feel comfortable now that I've I'm connected to people on the same wavelength so yeah I'm going to put them out there there's some things where I think I will keep it like I'm going to invite this person, invite mm-hmm. this person. Like, hopefully, you two are free for the next thing we're going to. I'm planning, you know. So, we have that that safety, that safe place for us, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. want it to form like a, a clique, a clique or anything. Not like that at all. But 
I think sometimes there's space for some and space for others, and yeah. that's what I'm hopefully going to be creating over the next, well, going Amazing. forward. Amazing. In terms of business, though, going back to business, we, we talked about friends and cutting off them them quotes. <laughs> um, how important do you think networking is for anyone starting out in um, business? I actually think it's really important. Um, we especially because of our like unique distinct situations that you might actually be in um we almost believe that we're the only ones and then you know we get in our feelings overthink about what we're doing or or start doubting especially if you're the only one in the room that kind of believes in what you're doing networking or even growing your circle can be can be affirming you know and just help you realize actually no I'm I'm not not alone in this thinking. I'm not the only one struggling with this or, oh, wow, this person's also doing the show. I mean, the last sort of studio where I did have my hat stuff, it turned out in another um, section there was someone else doing the same show. They'd heard about me, come up and was like, I've hired a van. Do you want to put your stuff in yours? And, like, that's a good, like, 100 quid's worth of like cost that I mm. saved because someone managed to reach out or, you know, it's a really small world. Someone will know someone who can help you with this, that or the other, but you won't know until you gather up the courage to maybe speak out and say what you need before I would always be, no, I've just got to figure out myself. And if I don't, then I don't. And so many opportunities I've missed out on because of having that attitude after the, you know, getting help my depression and stuff and learning to ask for things I'm still I have my moments but you know but learning to ask is actually a powerful skill to have so if that anything I'd say don't be afraid to ask trust that you are around good people that are rooting for you and will find a way to help you you're not a connoisseur of bad taste Believe that you've got good people around you and ask. You could be pleasantly surprised. They could have been sitting there waiting for you to ask all along. That's true. It's really difficult to ask if you have come from a place of perhaps doing everything yourself or not receiving that energy back when you've invested so much into something. Not like you you did it purposely or you did it to get something back, but then you do notice that when you're always give, 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 and there's zero, like, comeback from that. It's just like, mm. okay, I wasted my time here and this is what people are like and I just have to do everything myself. But, yeah, it's definitely worth coming out of that. And, again, it helps with who is around you mm-hmm. and who are um, going to equally support. So, yeah, it's definitely important, definitely important who you have around you. Mm. Ah, we're on the same wavelength, girl. We're on the same wavelength. I, I absolutely oh, love it. Again. I think that um, that wasn't very New York, though. Uh, it was so, a generic, yeah. I don't know, all of them mixed so, together. Let's Moving on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is, it's so, what you're saying is, it's just resonating with me so much because I think for a long time, I'm talking personally, when I... I have that mindset of I can do it myself. I don't need to ask anyone. I don't need to share my secrets because then they're going to go off and do something with them. And I don't want to, I don't want that to happen. Yeah. But then if you are much more, um, what's the right word? 
I guess if you do build a network of supportive people who you can trust around you, then you can start to have those conversations. You can start sharing ideas and you can start bouncing around things and and you can ask for advice and you can offer support. And you do feel that it is that safe space where no one is going to rip off your idea and no one is going to go and tell someone else or laugh behind your back or whatever. So more and more now, I'm in fact, it is a default for me to want to share things that are happening and and get the opinions of people who I really trust rather than just keep it to myself and just keep struggling and doing it and learning from through my mistakes. So I'm I'm hoping that more and more people are feeling like that and will feel empowered to do that as a result of listening to this conversation as well. But it, it's it's changed the way that I operate massively and has not just changed it but been a real benefit to how I operate in my creative space anyway it's really nice to hear that's good that's good to hear that really good to hear that we cannot ever tie catty down to one particular area like this lady is <laughs> as said, just multifaceted like doing bits and bobs all over the place so as well as all of your realness in business you also have another focus passion and you produce these beautiful and um, bright Prints, affirmations, um, which you post on your Instagram feed hey, yes. and which Sarita has <laughs> on her shoulder there. Yes. Um, so you've got amazing affirmations. So um, some of the ones that really stuck out to me were choosing myself, supporting myself, believing myself, and I'm done with surviving, hell-bent on thriving. Yes. Um, what was the motivation behind you coming up with these prints? I missed doing something create. I mean, I am creating stuff, but I missed the arty creative stuff. Like since closing the studio, which was 2016, I hadn't made anything. You know, the only thing I'd done is like I customised some Ikea shelves and sprayed them gold in the house, (laughs) you know. Uh, But I hadn't made anything and I missed it. And I thought, well... People have been commenting that they really like the um, posts that I put up, and I thought, well, I can actually, I've got a setup that I can turn these into prints. And so I just did that, and that's what I wanted to do. I thought there's something to be said by having something to look at. Um, I got, um, I did Tammy Thomas's Sovereign program, which she launched last year. And one of the things she wanted us to do was have a kind of cherish corner space to you, but somewhere quite visible, not like in the corner of your room that maybe you you have to, but really something. So even now I've got it here and it's, um, the main thing is a Vian Ema poster that I've got. I think that I am one and I've got that there and then my little bits of bobs and it's, I've, Gives me a little every time I I look at it, and I thought I'd like to have give that feeling to other people. So that's why I started it. And I've got a couple of mine on my desk over there. So um, yeah, and I thought other people might like it, and turns out they do. Happy days. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I love this print. I was like, ah, I can't wait to put it up. But I'm actually going to put it in a different frame. This is temporary. I like to have the whole borders and do it properly. So yeah, I'm going to. Um, out of your own prints. 
um, and your own affirmations, which one is your favourite and what does it mean to you? Darling, I'm fucking owning it. <laughs> a, because it's a swear word. <laughs> I enjoy swearing. It's stressfully for me. I will always do it. <laughs> and, yeah, I think it was um, from when I decided to use that one, it was, it was a, the turning point for me of just accepting that this is me. There's always been a kind of underlying cultural family work like day job whatever of who I should be who I am required to be who people want me to be and always feeling in myself that I'm coming up short and it was like no I was never coming up short for whatever reason you these factors whatever couldn't handle who I was or who I am rather. So in order to do the things that I want to do, my future goals and things, I need to own everything about me. So, yeah, the fact that I don't have a posh accent, so when I'm doing things, I talk like this because I was raised in South East London. Yeah, I don't have a size 8 figure because I like the food. I, You know, it's... Um, I was raised here, so I don't have the standard Afri typical, stereotypical African uh, wants, like, oh, I must find a husband I'm wanting as a woman because I'm not married, and why am I not having children? It's a choice. You know, it's all these things just like, this is who the fuck I am. I'm going to own it. When I own it, it's much harder for people to... Um, try and get their digs in. For a long time, I had it covered, but then when the mm. depression that kicked, it all kind of fell apart. So it's almost like having to grow myself back together again. Um, that's one of the reasons why I did Tammy's program. It was like I need to, I wanted to get me as I am now and be able to crack on. I know have and had the tools to help me when there's low moments because it's not, I'm not about to, I'm not in a, it's not going to be a constantly happy phase, is it? Life happens, so we have our... And it's like, I want to go forward owning it and being able to handle it. So, yeah, that one. That was That's the one. I love it. And that's my favourite too. That's why I got it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Women Who Rebrand podcast. Honest and humorous conversations about the natural and individual transitional phases people experience to grow, start over, or rebrand to become their most authentic selves. Hosted by former mummy bloggers Sarita Fontaine and Chioma Olalei, and guest featuring professional rebranders. You can find us on Instagram at Women Rebranded. What in the world? Oh. Yes. I think we need to get some echo behind that. Like, we need an effect on that. I love it. Just needs a little bit more. <laughs> next time. Next time. But yes, so what in the world? So each episode, Sarita and I do a segment where we talk about something that's going on currently and we ask our guest for their thoughts on this. So... Something that I found was um, there's been a recent study that's been done by Dojo. Dojo is a payment provider. 
And they were um, doing some research into the best cities for women-led business startups in the UK. Um, because now that restrictions are ending, businesses are opening back up, there's more startups happening, I guess, more people willing to venture out. So this research, which has um, referenced the British Business Bank, found that for every £1 of venture capital investment in the UK, female founders get less than one penny, Ah. while male founders get 89 pence. What? Right. Inequities, like massive, massive gap. It also noted that only 32% of UK businesses are female owned and 17% of those were founded by women. So women are taking up a tiny, teeny, teeny little bit of space in the business world here. But the focus of this was like, which are the parts of the UK where women led businesses can really fully thrive? And so let's think about this, right? UK is a big place. Where do you think the top? So we're going to talk top five. Where do you think um, those top five places were? What? Where would you pick out of the whole of the UK? What cities would you pick, Catty, as um, places where women-led founded businesses can truly succeed? London. Okay. Birmingham, Manchester, Bristol. I'm debating Brighton or Liverpool, but I don't know. A bit okay. biased with Brighton because I really like it, Same. but then quite gentrified. Okay, okay. Um, Listen, that's good enough. Those are some really yeah. good cities, and I would say, I mean, some of those would probably feature in my top. Sarita, what do you reckon? Where would you choose? Um, well, Katty stole my answers. <laughs> I was going to say... We can definitely. agree, you know. <laughs> True, it's not a competition. <laughs> um, um, yeah, London, yeah, Manchester, Birmingham. Man- London, Manchester, Birmingham. I would say Brighton, because Brighton's quite quirky, like you said, but a bit gentrified, but I can see them supporting women more than other places. Um, is that four? Yeah. My geography is not very good, so this is like a test. <laughs> um, I can't think of another place. I'm just going to randomly pick out... Um, I'm going to randomly pick anywhere in the country, like Yorkshire or something, just because I don't really know geography. Yeah. Okay. Catty, what are you, you going to add another one in the mix? I was thinking Edinburgh, but I don't know. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Seems quite okay, cultural, yeah. has its has its vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. But both of you featured so London, Birmingham, Manchester, Brighton. Though those are the ones that both of you said. Right. So let me enlighten you as to what this top five is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Top spot, mm-hmm. Chelmsford in Essex. What? That's around the corner from me. Hey, well, that's where you isn't. Yeah, that's near me. Is that there? Down the road. Chelmsford. <sighs> Chelmsford. So 40% of businesses which are set up in Chelmsford lasted for a minimum of five years. 36% of females in Chelmsford self-employed, one of the oh. highest percentages in the whole entire list. Okay. Next, wow. Worcester and Carlisle. Oh. Okay. Right. What? Okay, so um, again, 
five-year survival rate, quite high, uh, 40% self-employed female workforce. Um, Carlisle, so you said Edinburgh, Cathy. Now, my geography mm. isn't great, so I don't know how far Carlisle is from Edinburgh, but um, Scotland anyway, repping. So, yeah, okay, we've done that. Done Fine. Something. Fourth, York. Sorry, you said Yorkshire. Ah. But no, York that's completely different. As a York city. and Yorkshire are completely different things, aren't they? But that, that came in fourth place. And in mm-hmm. fifth, Derby. Oh. So oh. top five, where's London? Where's Manchester? Where's Birmingham? Where's Bristol? Where's Liverpool? Like, what? I, I'm, I'm so honest, confused. I think this report is a crock of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who are they asking? There was That's some true. index that they used, so they, they took stats from the, the businesses in those cities, in all of the cities wow. across the UK, and and created some index, and these five rated the highest, apparently. But mm. we know, because we all, I'm sure, you both lived there, I used to live there, we know how miserable Londoners are. If you get <laughs> asked a question, they're going to be like, number one, why are you asking me? Number <laughs> two, it's none of your business. Number three, stay out my business. So, do you know what? Out of those results, I'm still going to put London as number one, just because they didn't want to answer the questions. Yeah. I mean, I normally when I used to go on the tube, I'd have a tube face, which blatantly said, don't fucking talk to me. Not interested. It worked. <laughs> Do you know what I saw the other day? I don't know if it was a tweet or something, but it was um, someone that was like, um, <laughs> came from up north and he was on the tube and he um, dared to smile at oh. like people and they were like, what is this person on smiling at me? <laughs> and when I went to Manchester Uni, I found it really odd that people would say good morning if they passed you on the street. I was like, what are you talking to me for? Yeah. Like, you're about to rob me or something. What, what is this? So, yeah, we know that Londoners are not quite friendly. the friendliest. Just, yeah. They just want to feel safe with you before they talk to you is all. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they're just rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we play on it as well. Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, it is my go, go-to reason for... What rudeness? For, no, no, I mean, if that's your goal, it's a brand. Oh, no, no, brand. no, 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 no. Let me clarify. So I, and this is like ridiculous, but for a while I was like, why don't guys approach me? Like, why do they not approach me? I'm, I'm, I'm hot. Like, why do they not come and ask me for my number? And then I looked at my face in the mirror, and I'm literally just like. <laughs> If anyone dares to even look at me, I'm like cutting them with my eyes. Like, so of course, who is going to approach me? And that's well, my story, and I'm sticking yeah. to it. Okay. Yeah, because you have, girl, you're hot. I would have you are. What? You are. What? You are hot. Thank you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, right. So that was what in the world. Um, yes, Sarita. Words of advice. This is the last segment of the, the discussion, the, of the show. Mm. What's the advice, Cathy? Um, advice for those thinking about leaving their nine to five and starting their own creative business. Would you have any words of advice for those people contemplating stepping out of the rat race? 
Don't just dip your toes in. Jump. You know, like just like when even when you learn to swim, I'm using a water analogy, <laughs> but, you know, even when you like you learn to swim, you get in, you're told to get in and, you know, have the paddles, have the support of the plastic arm rounds around you as you learn the moves. Think of community as a one arm armband. Think of any kind of courses you might take up, such as mine, <laughs> on the other armband. <laughs> but no, it regards never mind the courses. But think of them as your support as you get in and learn the moves. No one knows it right at the beginning. The amount of different iterations of this business I had, I was going to do, I tried live teaching over 12 weeks. I was going to do a coaching program. I was going to, what was the other thing? I was going to do a membership. All these different things I was trying over the past couple of years, and then we had lockdown and stuff, and I thought, no, now I'm settling on, I've settled on self-paced courses because there's, I like doing other bits and bobs. So it's like setting myself up so I can do those little bits and bobs. So just jump in, but don't be afraid to ask for the support and pick it up. It's not, um, it's not a failure, I'm not even get rid of that word, that you don't know anything yet. It's a failure if you don't even try for yourself. Because you are worth the effort. So, yeah, dive in and get the support around you. If they're not around you, get some. Ask for it from someone else. This is not always family. It's not always friends. It's friends you're yet to meet. I love that. Oh, my God. My eyes are getting teary. That's <laughs> so good. <sighs> I've got to remember this. We're recording it, right? <laughs> I said that. That was really good. I think I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) On our blog page, um, at the very top, we have a favourite episode. I think I'm going to have to bump this up to a favourite episode. The full recording up there. It's been a good one. Thank you so much, Catty. I have enjoyed speaking to you. We're going to have to get you back on the show because uh, all of our favourites, we keep on saying that. I'm just going to give you a complete I'm up for it. I've been waiting for an invitation, frankly. When you you decided to do your reverse, I was like, stop doing it. And then then you got in touch. I was like, yes. Yay. We're new new and improved. And, um, yeah, we rebranded and grew based on Mm -hmm. um, trial and error. And, yeah. We are here. So where can our amazing audience find you and um, find out more about your courses? My website, Instagram, message me there. I'm on LinkedIn sometimes, but it's mostly um, Instagram. Or you can just send me um, an email straight away, quite open. So, yeah, mostly Instagram and a bit of LinkedIn and then direct to the website. But I'll be changing the links up this weekend. So, yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank Thank you you so much. It's been incredible. Fun. It, has. it has. Lovely to finally talk to you both. Yes. <laughs> and we will see you at um, afternoon tea. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Catty. Thank you. You take Bye. care. Bye. 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 Women Who Rebrand was brought to you by Sarita Fontaine and Chioma Olaleya. If you like what you've heard and you want to hear us again, don't forget to subscribe or follow wherever you usually catch your podcasts. We're available on all streaming platforms, including Google Podcasts, Spotify and Breaker.